Welcome to the Leaders Edge podcast. I'm Sandy Laycox, Editor-in-Chief of Leaders Edge. In this episode, I talk with Dan Epstein, CEO of Resource Pro, which provides operational solutions and business transformation services to insurance organizations. Dan shares his thoughts on M&A trends, how to think about talent now and in the future, the distinct players in the insurance value chain, and the future of risk in our complicated world. Please take a listen. Dan, it is so great to have you here on our podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. That's my pleasure. Thanks so much, Sandy. We um, have a lot of things to talk about, and we're going to start with M&A, which is something that we're focused on here at Leaders Edge uh, right now. And before we sort of go into the brokerage trends, I want to hear about what's going on with Resource Pro's um, acquisitions. Well, for our first 13 years or so, we were growing so fast that we focused exclusively on, on organic growth. And even though we do continue to grow rapidly, since we've been private equity backed, um, we have launched an MA strategy. So our, our strategy is to acquire companies with complementary capabilities that create more value for each of our client segments. So we think of these as adjacent capabilities that enable us to provide broader solution sets to our clients and thereby build more strategic partnerships. Uh, the companies we're looking at are leaders in their respective fields with excellent management teams who will continue to build their business within the Resource Pro family. Um, we've made four strategic acquisitions in the past few years in the consulting um, and business services areas. Uh, two of them support our retail agency clients and two our carrier clients. Are there any in particular that you feel have brought on some sort of interesting new adjacencies for, for you all? So in the retail space, we've acquired a company that does um, insurance licensing and surplus lines filings. And so we're integrating that with our business process management expertise to really create a best in class uh, company that, 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 that can handle end-to-end -end, um, licensing and filing needs of our clients. Uh, that's called ILSA. Uh, we acquired a company called Oceanus Partners, which is now part of our growth, growth solutions team, which specializes in technical insurance training for producers and account executives. And we see a real uh, opportunity around more technical training to differentiate and provide good risk um, management expertise. Um, we also, on the carrier side, we acquired a digital consulting firm called Strategy Meets Action, or SMA, Mm -hmm. um, and also a, uh, uh, an, a carrier operations consulting company called the Nolan Company. And they do a lot of strategy consulting and claims reviews and that kind of thing. So we, um, you talk about these adjacencies, and we have also seen among the brokerage community some interesting transactions happening, brokers trying to kind of do a similar thing, other brokers just consolidating. So I would love to hear your thoughts on trends that you're seeing in the brokerage community regarding M&A. Yeah, of course. Well, there's obviously huge amount of consolidation in the industry. I think something like a thousand agencies um, were acquired last year. Um, there's a lot of capital out there and compelling benefits that come from size and from building a more robust agency platform. Agencies that can deliver scale and have multiple growth levers 
including an, ab an ability to bring in and develop new producers, have strong succession management and, and specialty expertise are particularly attractive and can um, command high, higher multiples. Um, so, so that's, that's um, kind of the obvious uh, place to look as it, as it relates to kind of insurance tech companies, insurtechs, um, there's a lot of interest in how digital can eliminate inefficiencies in the insurance value chain and improve the insured's experience. We look at a lot of technology point solutions and systems and tools. Uh, we see the challenge being around user adoption and platform integration. So sometimes given some of the frothy multiples and kind of low revenue or low EBITDA, the risks of acquiring insurtechs can be a little bit higher. Yeah, we have seen some of those, especially those that have sort of gone out to market um, in SPACs and other things, and, and then their, you know, their valuations have gone down. So um, it is an interesting marketplace right now when you when you look at the insurer tax. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about talent a little bit. And this goes into maybe one of the, these adjacent companies that you've acquired. So I have long heard about the struggle to recruit and retain talent in this industry, but it seems like as of late, it's been sort of a number one priority for brokers, carriers, a lot of different folks. Um, so when you think about um, what industry executives should be thinking about in their current talent, and then what they should be looking in order to evolve, right, into this digital new space, what should they be thinking about as they seek to sort of train and retain who they have? And then who should they be looking for in the future? So this is a very, I'm speaking the obvious, but this is a very tight labor market. Um, we, we haven't seen it this challenging since 2005, which is when Resource Pro was just getting started. And COVID has shown us that people can work productively from anywhere. So that's obviously adding to some of the turnover challenges. And of course, we all know that the industry continues to get older, uh, where people with the deepest insurance knowledge are retiring out and taking their knowledge with them. Uh, this is a particular problem when there's really a premium for deeper insurance knowledge and specialty expertise. Uh, we think we're passionate in our view that insurance is a fantastic industry for young people coming in, but it's still really hard to attract them. So that said, we see considerable opportunity to work smarter and more efficiently to scale operations with existing team members. Increasing specialization, for instance, can drive efficiencies and drive up leverage. Streamlining processes can improve productivity. Integrating technology and data can streamline and bring in new insights. Um, one of the big challenges is that the people with the insurance knowledge uh, are not often the people with the technology skills. Mm -hmm. And you know, everybody's interested in how can, how can we integrate technology and digitalization and transform? But really, how do you bridge between IT and client servicing? This is gonna be an ongoing challenge and one that requires uh, uh, fairly sophisticated operational skill sets. Do, you, um, do your clients ever come to you and, and say that they're struggling with sort of the any pushback from really ingrained um, long-term talent with sort of changing skill sets or or bridging this gap do they do they struggle with that at all yeah one of the areas that we see is a real 
a, a particular challenge is around automation. There's no limit of um, consulting firms that, that do robotic process automation, but the challenge is that you have to integrate that um, with people and process. And much of those, those, uh, those automation tools or the, the robots that you can create need to be maintained and managed. Uh, any change in the environment um, can lead to a, to a robot that's now broken or obsolete. And so again, the people with the skill sets to manage that are the folks typically in IT and the people with insurance knowledge who really understand the work don't have those same skill sets. So we, we, we think of that as being kind of a human in the loop challenge. And very often those consulting companies are not engaged on a longer term basis to be able to actually be in the weeds, be in the process and continuously maintain that. In the work that we do, where we're managing processes for clients and optimizing them, we see on average six to eight procedure changes a month. And each procedure change can require several hours of work. To, so what's the change? Um, what are the exceptions to the change? Documenting the change, making sure everybody who touches that process understands what the change is, can follow the documentation. You've got to then um, continue to stress test it and then uh, improve it. That could take multiple hours, and then you end up with highly detailed new standard operating procedure. Very few insurance organizations have the disciplines to manage that. If you think about an automated environment, um, that's, those robots are really like extremely detailed standard operating procedures. And any change in the environment, uh, insurance carrier changing their underwriting guidelines or changing their fields on their website can, can, can lead to something breaking and false positives or false negatives and, and all kinds of problems coming out of that. So these, this is one example of a challenge that, that um, uh, typical uh, agencies don't necessarily have all of those skill sets uh, today. And so how are they overcoming that? Or are well, they overcoming it? <laughs> well, I mean, I think it, it to some degree it depends on what, what's their strategy. Do they really want to lead first with technology or do they really want to lead first with insurance expertise? Um, uh, because I think each of those paths leads in a different direction. If, if they want to lead first with technology, they'll really um, you know, build that expertise there. If, if, if that's not their pr priority, they may look for partners um, partners that, that can bring that to the table. Obviously, the self-interested answer would be partners like Resource Pro, but, <laughs> but, uh, but, but I think it really comes down to what's the strategy and, and, and um, how, do, um, how do agents want to lead? Mm -hmm. Okay. So you work with companies across the insurance value chain, brokers, carriers, wholesalers, um, all of them. <laughs> so what do you, so, and, and we, do, we do hear time and again, people saying that, you know, there's, there's too many players in that ecosystem. So what do you say to that? Does everybody have a necessary purpose? Well, clearly the incredible pace of consolidation is one answer to that question. You know, there, there are fewer, but much larger players and the market will decide which players flourish and which struggle based on the value that's being delivered. Um, Interestingly, from our perspective, we see a crisis of underinsurance in the industry rather than a problem of overinsurance or too many players. And um, we just, in fact, wrote a white paper on this crisis. Um, 
for instance, uh, most buildings built more than 20 years ago are probably underinsured as the, as the replacement value often doesn't include adequate building ordinance insurance so that they can build back up to current code. And this can lead to significant uncovered costs. And we see lots, lots of examples of this all across different types of risk categories. We see a need for more specialization and technical insurance training for producers and account executives. We think generalists will likely struggle more in the future because risks continue to be complex and nuanced. And a specialist will always have an inside track, better insights, better market relationships to protect their clients. So who's gonna win a food manufacturing client, the generalist or the specialist who understands all the nuances about food spoilage? Mm -hmm. uh, so there'll always be a role for good risk management and trusted advisor relationships. Um, one more point about the number of players in the market, there's likely to be more fragmentation of the industry in the future as product and B2C companies offer embedded insurance with their products or services. But that's a whole, whole different conversation. That's a great point, though. You know, we have been seeing that lately, different different companies, um, well, you see it in auto and you see it in sort of renters and others sort of getting involved in that embedded insurance. So I definitely, I think that's a great point. And they kind of have certain advantage in that they're natural specialists in, in their products. So maybe we'll see some insurance expertise more migrating over to some of these general companies that are not insurers to, to sort of work in that embedded space. In that embedded space, I, I assume you'd see a very narrow insurance offerings that are specialized to those types of products. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you, you talked about the increasingly complex sort of risk that's out there. You're seeing it in various different lines. Um, you know, we do see this growing interconnected risk happening everywhere. Um, you've also been involved with the World Future Society, which promotes looking at things with a futurist mindset. So using that perspective, how should we be thinking about addressing, covering, managing, mitigating these increasingly complex risks that don't seem to be getting any simpler? Yeah, so... Um... <laughs> I, I had a fantastic uh, time as part of the World Future Society and it really gives you a different perspective. Uh, there's some people who look at things five years from now and there are some people, I, I, I still can't get my head around this, think about things a thousand years from now. So <laughs> you, you get an interesting spectrum, but the basic kind of futurist mindset is about scanning the environment for overlapping trends whether they're demographic, geopolitical, economic, social, technology, climate, looking at how they collide with each other to then change the world around us and getting more disciplined around this scanning exercise makes us more open and nimble, even if it doesn't make us better profits of the future, but being nimble is what makes all the difference. From a business perspective, um, the futurist mindset includes something that we found very uh, useful in our business, which is called horizon mapping, where you plot out one year, three years, five years, 10 years of where you think your clients will be, what, what their needs will be, how the market will have evolved, 
And then you reverse engineer the capabilities and investments you need to make today to stay relevant or better yet lead. So, um, so that's, uh, that's kind of the futurist mindset. And we, uh, you know, the challenges in our industry are gonna be between the forces of transformation and change and those of the status quo, um, legacy systems, knowledge, processes, people, that some, sometimes they represent legitimate friction costs to change and sometimes you know, less legitimate. Um, and, but I think the overarching structure of the industry is gonna to continue to be highly fragmented and decentralized with lots of different moving parts and considerable complexity. And so I think operating in that environment with technology looking to simplify and streamline, but at the same time having to manage in that highly complex environment um, means that it's it, you know, it's going to be a very interesting uh, space to watch. <laughs> interesting is one word to you. <laughs> well, Dan, I really appreciate it. This has been such a pleasure to talk with you today. Um, I've really enjoyed it. So thank you. Thank you so much, Sandy. I've really enjoyed it too. That was Dan Epstein, CEO of Resource Pro. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. Tune in to more Leaders Edge podcasts at leadersedge.com or subscribe at SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts.